Good evening, dear listener, wherever you are in the world, and at whatever time of day, or even life, you're listening to this. The Podding Shed, a little trip into the minds of some people who spend a daft amount of their life in what I can only describe as servitude to the master that is Chelsea FC. Uh, And let's be honest, um, it treats us uh, well, and it treats us badly, and yet we still keep going back for more. I think Depeche Mode probably... Um, wrote a, a, a very apt song with their um, tomb called Master and Servant. Um, this is episode 85. Uh, it's been over a month since our last meeting of mind, and uh, I'm going to put my hand up and say that's purely down to my own tardiness. Um, we were going to do one a couple of weeks ago. I was ready to go, and uh, and it just slipped, and then I was on holiday for a week and all this. But remember this, folks. Uh, we pod when we want. That's all I'd say. Um, since the last pod uh, that we did, we seem to have continued our smooth um, and possibly, to me, surprising and unexpected march towards another Premier League title. Um, despite a hiccup versus Palace at home, which I don't think many of us saw, uh, and another one versus Jose's ragbag United at Old Trafford, um, which I think probably a few more of us um, might have expected. Um, the episode, of course, that we're doing tonight is as yet untitled, but of course our dear leader, Nick, will cast his expert eye and ear across the recording and will undoubtedly pluck something controversial, cultured, complicated or even comical and maybe even clever from the verbal jousting I hope will occur over the next hour or so with which to brand this episode. So, let's cut down on the waffle and before we move into the football, let me introduce tonight's cast and they are a very, very good bunch tonight and we've got a debutante no less um someone that i've um managed to persuade and probably sitting there thinking what the fuck am i doing um but we'll bring him in in a minute uh my name is tony glover i'm also known by my twitter handle at grocer jack uk um i'm pretty sure there are some people in the pub that probably think my name is either grocer or jack um but uh, let's introduce the first of our guests tonight. And is an educated and erudite viewpoint to any debate. He's a gentleman. His name is Clayton Beerman, also known as at Goalie59. Good evening, Clayton. Hello, mate. Very, very pleased to be back. Uh, glad to see the shed is uh, as untidy as ever. Um, yes. <laughs> not, not, not much to talk about. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good to be back. Now, bring it on. Bring it on. Good to hear, Clayton. And and I did wave across to you on uh, on Monday night, but you were quite occupied chattering and um, what have you. And it's it, you know, my even my voice can't carry the crowded football stadium test. Um, well, I do. I do apologise for, no. for not. I, I, I shall. I spend the whole of the game gates Watford looking at you. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Um, we welcome back after back-to-back successful technology gremlin-free appearances in episode 83 and 84. And he's no longer the newbie of the shed, but confirmed regular contributor, Kweku, also known as at number one is Chelsea on Twitter. Good evening, Kweku. Good evening, all. Um, some sheds are full of tools, but not this one. Oh, oh yes. very good. Yes, yes. Very smooth, blimey, lovely to hear that. And then tonight, now this is an absolute first as far as I'm concerned, because I think in any episode of the Podding Shed, I cannot remember um, when this guy wasn't able to make it, and that's Donal. 
um, one of the stalwarts of the Polly Shed. Um, and I, as far as I know, um, he this is the first, uh, and I've done pretty much all of them, either as a, a kind of pundit or guest or hosting it. Um, and I can't ever remember a time when Donal hasn't featured part of it. And he's not here tonight. And he is to the Podding Shed what John George Terry is to Chelsea FC. So, we have no Donal and we have no musical interludes. Instead, we have a debutante in the shape of a chap I've had the pleasure of drinking with pre-match on more than several occasions. His name is Martin Wickham, who tweets as at Martin underscore Wickham. Um, I advise you to follow him just because he's generally funny, Chelsea tweets, um, but also for the fact that he gives a pretty balanced view of both home and away, um, and he does not, and I mean does not, mince his words. Good evening, Martin, and welcome to the Podding Shed. Good evening, and thanks for having me. Um, thanks for making room in the shed. You've made a few paint cans around and those weird stirring <laughs> sticks you get everywhere. And it's good yes, to be here. It is. Uh, so just pour yourself up a pint. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually going to be dry now at Stamford Bridge until hopefully Sunday week, um, where I can then let rip and um, have knock a few over in the cock and then, and then maybe go out afterwards and have a few drinks if... And only if Southwest trains are playing bloody ball and not sticking on tons of bloody replacement bus services, as is rumoured. Um, let's move on to part one, and it's a, a review and, and a kind of preview, I suppose. But with only three games left, we'll probably just um, cover that off lightly because, um, as we all know, we now need three points from three games. We've got two of those at home against one team that's uh, well dead and buried, and the other team that's basically on the beach because they're safe. Um, and we've also got a slightly tougher away game coming up on Friday, but we have played better teams away from home and and turned them over, um, and that's West Bromwich Albion. So I just want to really go on um, about the general progress over the last few weeks. Um, from, from Palace onwards, um, I don't really want you to specifically go into any, you know, actual specific games. It's entirely up to you, of course. You can say, well, I like this game, I didn't like that game. Um, but you can include Spurs as well, obviously, because that was um, a pretty marvellous moment, as it always is, because it's Spurs are, as we all know, the gift that keeps on giving to Chelsea fans. Um, so I'll start off with you. Uh, actually, I'm going to go straight in. Let's get the debutante on board. Um, Martin, highlights, lowlights, best goals... Whatever you want to talk about um, over the last few weeks from Palace onwards. Well, based on the fact that my memory is appalling, I'll start <laughs> work backwards if I can. Of course you um, can. So, I think the highlight of the league-wise was certainly beating Everton in quite comprehensive fashion. That's just um, pretty much put Spurs in their place after we cuffed them at Wembley. And um, just been the response to... Well, there was a bit of pressure after losing at Old Trafford, and team have just responded emphatically all the way through. In fact, they've just come off of that loss at Old Trafford, destroyed Spurs at Wembley, despite them having apparently been the better team. Um, we can discuss <laughs> that later if you like. Oh, yeah, yeah, please <laughs> And do. then just comfortable wins against Southampton, who are a good team. Everton, who we thought were going to give us trouble. And a couple of days ago, Middlesbrough, who um, were pretty appalling, in fairness. But um, the players we expected to deliver have Hazard, Pedro, um usual suspects really it's just been considering how worried everyone seems to be off the menu it's been surprisingly comfortable thanks martin um what about you clayton yeah i, I sort of echo what martin said it's been uh, a 
a serene couple of weeks, but we can sit here now and say that. But, you know, watching a lot of those games, it wasn't very serene at all. Uh, Man City at home was nail-biting, even Southampton was nail-biting. Everton away was a tremendous result. Uh, I don't think any of us saw that. Um, And I don't think anybody has basically sort of relaxed until Spurs got beaten on Friday night. Because whatever any of us were saying, that they can't possibly do it and they're going to bottle it and all this, that and the other... There was always a, a sort of creeping doubt in the back of your mind thinking, can they? You know, they, they, they kept winning. Um, I did actually think that once they got within smelling distance that they would actually bottle it because, you know, OK, they did brilliantly to win those games, but they, they weren't under any pressure. And the minute they were within a sniff of getting within a point, we saw what happened. They just didn't turn up on Friday night, which is good. We, you know, we, we've done extraordinarily well. I think the the defeats against Palace was nothing to be ashamed of. I think we actually played relatively well in that game. I mean, apart from our defending of those two goals, I, th- I thought we were okay. Um, just one of those games, we we didn't get a blatant penalty. Um, we lost that game and then we bounced back until we got to Old Trafford, where I think it was a combination of things. I think. You know, Jose probably outsiked Conte. The players were ill, um, and it's it's quite interesting that when there is any disruption um, to the sort of the main players in the defence, talking about Victor Moses and Alonso, that we haven't got the backup, or Conte hasn't quite worked out within our squad who would be the the best backup. But you can't complain about anything that's happened. I mean, the the absolute dumping of Tottenham at Wembley was a, a marvellous thing because I always think beating them's marvellous but you think back to that game you know after 60 minutes we were hanging on and then uh, by the end of it I'm screaming for a fifth so I think it's I think the, resi- the resilience of the team and that that for me throughout the whole season has been the thing the mm. team yeah. we, we have just been a team and that includes the manager um we, we've just been really good. Anyway, I've waffled on too long. That, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I personally, uh, I'll bring you in in a minute, quicker. I, I, I personally think the Man United game was our worst performance of the season. I think it was worse than Arsenal. Um, I think it was worse than when we lost to Liverpool. Um, like you said, Palace. I think we could have, we could have played Palace for another hour. I don't think we'd have scored. It was a, a, a nailed-on repeat of our game against West Ham when Big Sam was in charge at Stamford Bridge, where. We utterly battered them, and um, when Allardyce has drilled his players like that, um, there's pretty much no way through. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I, I thought Man United was abject, absolutely abject, um, uh, and it did make me think, crikey, if, uh, you know, are we going to hit our season blip now when right at the wrong time? Um, and am I right, actually, in thinking that Spurs... To, if they'd have gone to the season um, end, uh, the end of the season um, winning every game they would have actually broke that record that we just failed to no they would have equaled it they would have equaled it oh well okay that's, they, would, they, they, they would have won 13 in a row right a part of me actually wanted them to win 13 in a row and still not win the league because that would have been even worse <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it would yeah uh, quicker wouldn't have done my heart any good no mine neither and <laughs> And the 14th game at Wembley next season, and they screw it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. that would have been... Well, they've, they've got that one to live with. Um, Quaker, your thoughts on um, some of the stuff we've just covered off? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought 
the Man United game was pretty poor, but I think they're mitigating circumstances. I mean, if you're if you're chucking up your guts uh, on mass um, before a game at Old Trafford, where they know that well at that point they were trying to trying to go for fourth place uh, through the league, um, then you can sort of excuse it. I think what was very telling though is um, I was listening to Philippe Auclair, the French journalist, the other day, and he was saying that. Um, after the Tottenham uh, game in the FA Cup, he said that the he spoke to the Tottenham and Chelsea players off the record, and he said that um, he spoke to Kante, and Kante said um, what was really important from that game they needed to win that game. We needed to win that game because um, we wanted to prove to ourselves how how good we we were. Because I think there'd been a little bit of a doubt that. You know, the former being a little bit ropey with Palace and Man United, and there needed to be a game where we made a statement, which is what I think that game was 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 so important. I think that game uh, was possibly the game if we do win the title. I think that was the final screw in the in Spurs' title challenge because I think we didn't we kept on being pegged back, kept on being pegged back, um, and then at each at each time we looked to be on the ropes, we sucker punched them. Um, and I think mentally, um, which is what he then found out from Hugo Lloris, he said that mentally that that really hurts Spurs. Um, so that was a really really important game. Palace was again. I, I don't think he played badly. I just think I don't think he played with much intelligence. I mean, we went one 0 up. We should have uh, we should have just been a bit a little bit calmer uh, rather than trying to rush forward and score goals against an Allardyce uh, team. So um, it's frustrating, but I'm not. You know, I'm not. I wasn't overly concerned about by that, but I think we, I think we've put ourselves in a position largely through the fact that we've not panicked. Um, and I'm, I was really that's why the Spurs game for me was that was the one because this was a game where if we had lost it, you know what the papers would have said. People would have come into the bridge. There would have been an edginess, and that feeds into the players. So I'm, I think that game more than any other. Um, in the last couple of months, has been absolutely decisive. So um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're we're on the brink, and now just uh, 180 minutes of the double. So let's see what we can do. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I mean, I find it um, uh, a, a, a little bit sort of strange because I think this whole thing about beating Tottenham Company, yeah, it, it was a bloody good job that the nerves I had on Monday night didn't transmit them to the team, and I know it was Middlesbrough, okay. But I seem to be trapped in this bloody lifetime spiral of of Chelsea pessimism, which, you know, if we can bollocks it up, we will bollocks it up. Uh, and I thought, Christ, you know, I, I remember there was an interview a couple of weeks ago with Rio Ferdinand, um, who, who I'm sadly, I'm warming to as a pundit, where he said, you know, at this time of the season, um, you want to be playing the teams that are on the beach. You don't want to be playing those that are fighting for their lives. Um and, and it just kept, I just kept thinking, Christ, can Middlesbrough come and do a palace on us and all this? I mean, I should have known better because ultimately it was a bit of a cruise at the end of the day. Um, and there was an interesting thing also from Conti um, in one of his post-match interviews where I think he, he actually said, when you look at the way the media in general have been, you know, purring over Spurs and their nine-game unbeaten, you know, nine wins on the spin or whatever, they won nine from ten, we won eight from ten. You know, yeah, yeah. Vive la France, eh? It just seems yeah. a- absolutely it, daft to it's me. Just the, it's, it's the feel and the narrative. Yeah. Because the thing is that um, earlier on in the season, 
Um, Spurs, I mean, if they lose, if, if they lose, I mean, people are talking about them losing the title, which I think is just unbelievable. Uh, well, I'm yeah, thinking, I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not thinking about you, Jermaine Jonas. Um, <laughs> but, oh, we'll have some on him in a minute. We've got to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm ready for him. Um, but the, I think that the, the, the point is that is so much of it is psychological. I mean, if you were worried against Millsbury, you had every reason to be. I mean, Man United lost the title. Uh, in 2011-12 against uh, to City uh, with a seven-point lead, so you know it's not you know it wasn't it's not impossible that we could have lost this title. And Conte knows uh, that his Juventus side were in a similar position. I think they're about five five points clear of. Uh, uh, I don't know whether it's Lazio or Inter, and they they also it, it, uh, it, was, La- it was Lazio, and they were about ten points clear. Yeah, so yeah. it can happen. It can happen, yeah. um, but I think. We've got some, I think more than anything, we're talking about moving. This is this is the last season where we're going to have one of John Terry, Frank Lampard or, or Didier Drogba or even all of them. And you're talking about moving into an era where you're looking at leaders who are going to replace those leaders. Where's the character going to be? Um, and I think this is going to be a fantastic uh, statement for the squad to know that when Spurs were coming like a train, uh, they really haven't made that much of a dent. What we, we dropped about three points, and that's it, pretty much. Maybe three or six points, maximum. Um, and, and Spurs have been at peak for about two months, and that's that's the closest that they've come. And it still really hasn't made that much of a dent. I think that I think that has to be I think that has to be something we take a lot of confidence from into next season. It must, um, be, it must be pretty soul destroying as well. Ultimately, they've. You know, this is the best Spurs side I can remember. It's the best, without a doubt. Okay, yeah, better than last season. And players that I thought might you know, tail off, like Kane and Ali, haven't tailed off. Um, uh, and I, I, I just think that that ultimately, if you keep nagging away and you're just not getting anywhere, you know, it's got to have an impact on on the way you are. I think. Um, and, and, and- and look at the look at the statement of that FA Cup semi final. Uh, I, I know I keep banging on about it, but just look at it. We went, we played, we we turned up against them uh, with our best players on the bench. Okay, we were never behind in that game, and every time they did come back, we just just went out, went down the other end and scored. I mean, it's, uh, people are talking about how good Spurs are, but yet even against a mm, what a three quarter strength Chelsea, they were still struggling. So, I mean, I don't care how much possession they had. When we wanted to score in that game, we scored. You know, so I think, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're looking at Spurs, yes, they're very good. Yes, they've got, I think, the best defensive record in the league, but we still score more goals than them. Um, uh, having, I think, having played, what, a game, game less at the time when I last looked at it. Um, so, I mean, quite, quite frankly, uh, I think we, 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 we deserve, well, it's just the same story. We, we're never going to get it, but we deserve a lot more credit that, that, than we've, we've oh, been given. Oh, I totally agree. Martin, what about you? Um, and you could feel free to mention Jermaine Jenis and his idiocy, okay? Uh, and, 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 you know, also, I mean, I, I will say this about Jermaine Jenis. I wonder if he's on social media because he has been mercilessly ripped over any, any single event hasn't he? Um, with that picture yeah. of him, you know, almost it is. Martin, come on, tell me it's, what you think. Well, all I can say, but you've been made to look like a complete idiot on national television <laughs> by Alan Shearer. <laughs> that is all. You know, you can't. You really cannot go any lower. It's yeah, just, <laughs> did, did it's you an see, idiotic. Opinion. You, were, I presume, you were at Wembley, yeah? 
Yeah, all yeah, coming yeah. back from the game, so it's, I didn't see any of when, it. When we watched it, you had to see Shearer live to see the contempt. <laughs> right? yeah. the contempt. Frank Lampard sat in the middle, basically trying not to burst into how gales of laughter as Jermaine Janus's bottom lip quivered. And Alan Shearer, was he was like your archetypal school bully. And you could... And I mean that in the nicest possible sense, in the fact that he was thinking, you could almost see him thinking, I'm going to, I just want to punch your lights out now, because you just deserve it for being such a twat, you know. Um, it's either that or he was having horrible flashbacks to the Newcastle dressing room, when um, <laughs> Shearer was the top dog and was yeah. probably, you know, Jermaine <laughs> Genus was getting stick from everyone. Yeah, but yeah. it was, it you know, I understand he's a Spurs man and all that, but, you, you know, you support the team, fair yes. enough, but don't talk absolute rubbish. Yes, and yeah, and, and, and to be fair, most other pundits are pretty much hide their, you know, their bias uh, to, yeah, well, they, to some degree. They have as to, best they can. They have yeah. to, otherwise it'd be comical. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, you know, the it's, 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 it's even weirder because when we lost to Spurs, uh, he said entirely. He said exactly the opposite. He said a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you know." Um, you know, Chelsea have shown that they're, you know, they're they're vulnerable and uh, and they can be taken. And he said, then he said, I've watched this game, and Spurs have been at absolute peak, and uh, and Chelsea have been not so great. But it's taken Spurs to be at that level in order to beat Chelsea. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know where. Maybe his, his, his emotions got the better of him. But I mean, it's, oh, it's, no, it's no just a daft, yeah. daft thing to say. And I don't so, know why he said it. I'm, I'm going to talk. A, I just want to talk a couple of minutes because the game that surprised me more, more probably more than any, I suppose. Uh, and you've already alluded to it. And I've got to tell you now, I didn't see it. I didn't even see it on Match of the Bloody Day because uh, I was in the south of France on holiday. Uh, and our, our, so I've got a brand new mobile home now. You can sing. The wheels on your house go round and round if you really want, okay? I haven't painted it claret and blue. There is no claret and blue in it anywhere, okay, before you start thinking, my God, has he really gone over to the, uh, to, to, to the London Stadium? Um, but we are right on the cusp of, of satellite coverage. And in fact, what we've got at the back is a, a one-metre dish hidden behind the thing, which you know gives us TV most of the time. But you get any sort of bad weather in the mountains to the north or, or whatever, in Bézier or... Uh, out on the med, you know, if you get a storm coming off the med, and your signal goes. And I'd primed my missus to say, right, tonight, Sunday night, I've got a couple of beers, uh, not at um, sort of 10 o'clock their time, line of duty, the final episode, I can't go a whole week without knowing what's happened there, because I no won't spoilers. be able to avoid, yeah, couldn't avoid any, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to follow that with match of the day because we've won today, and I couldn't find anywhere in France, they're not interested in the Premier League at the moment, right, um, and so, you know, I sat down and, of course, no signal, no signal, no signal. So I've missed the game. But uh, my point mainly is, is that that was such a lovely surprise. I, I was trying to keep up with it on Twitter. Uh, I didn't envisage a 3-0 away win, uh, especially having dumped them on their arse 5-0 earlier that season and having missed that game because I'd fallen in the bloody road on the way to the pub and had to go to hospital that day and couldn't actually get up to the game. Um, so your thoughts? Because I, I'm, I think, for me, that up until that game, I never thought for one minute or took it for granted that we were going to win the Premiership. Okay, I still had it in my mind that top four would have been a fantastic achievement for Conte in his first season. That game changed my mind. 
thoughts, gents? Well, uh, Clayton? That, that, that game was, was very interesting because I think we all thought that, looking at the run, and that was going to be the most difficult game. And it proved not to be. Everton had, had won eight on the bounce at home. And I wasn't there. Uh, Martin may... Well, I don't know whether... Craig I was, Martin yes. were there. But it, from just watching it at home, every time you go to Goodison, it's a cauldron. And that's one of, one of the most difficult things about playing Everton is the crowd. And the crowd get really, really worked up. But for some reason, and maybe because the first 45 minutes was fairly soporific, they just didn't seem to care. They just seemed to be quite quiet and just accepting yeah. of their fate whether it was because they got an absolute shoo-in at the bridge. And basically, any Everton fan who was either there or watched it thought, oh my God, this is one of the best teams we've ever seen. I don't know, but it was. I think that helped us hugely. Um, it was a very strange game because we had two very good chances early on. There was a, the Hazard chance where he went round the keeper and couldn't quite get it in. And then Costa had an open goal. And he couldn't get it in. But it was sort of quite soporific. And the game was really drifting. I don't think they ever really looked like they were going to do anything. But then, of course, Pedro did what he did against Tottenham from nowhere. And, I mean, you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't be on the podcast. I shouldn't be anywhere near bloody football uh, observations because I'd been screaming for the last 15 minutes to get him off because I thought he was playing so bloody badly. <laughs> Uh, that, makes you, thought, uh, that makes you proper, that does. It really does. Yeah, I mean, you know, he looked bloody hopeless. He wasn't doing anything. And then all of a sudden, he sort of did what he did. And that was it. And then any resistance at all from Everton was just gone. And it was fantastic what happened afterwards. I mean, you know, we, we're very privileged. We, we, we support a, a, a really good team with lots of good players. And the thing that's, you know, I, I sort of alluded to before about the team is if somebody's not doing it, somebody else will step up. And I think that that seems to happen time after time. And and, I, and, and it's a confidence and whether it's what Conte's done. But yeah, no, I, th- I think that was, that was a pivotal moment. I think Stoke away, I began to think, hmm, we might do this because getting a scrappy goal just four minutes before the end. Um, and then with that one, I, I have to be honest, I, I actually said to my son when the third goal went in, I said, that's it, we've won the league. But I have to be honest and also say that after Spurs then beat Arsenal uh, in the next couple of hours, I felt slightly deflated. But, um, but think, yeah, no, it was a big game. Yeah. Um, Goodison Park on, for that game was as quiet as I've remembered it. You're quite, I don't know how it came across on television, but in the ground it was very flat. No, very it much a, so, yeah. yeah it, was a very, it was a relatively early kick-off, but not that early. And it was a bank holiday weekend. But... Everton had made a lot of changes that a lot of their kids were coming through that kid named Calvert-Lewin and Holgate and them so they very changed team but um, yeah normally you see a crunching tackle goes in they're up for it didn't happen yeah. and then we got our goal and we all predictably went absolutely balmy I'm sure you've all seen the footage of that um, yeah. guy yeah. yeah the guy running on the pitch and Pedro doing some like Mexican wrestler thing and swinging him round away from the stewards and back into the Ground was comical. Yeah. Um, didn't a, cu- a couple of players ran interference, didn't they? Yeah, it was. It was like, yeah, it was like if you ever watch American football when the offensive linemen start knocking people out of the way. It was, yeah. it was brilliant. I've done similar view I've to done. you, Tony. Because sorry, go on, sorry. That's oh. right. Now um, talking about views, yeah, um, I've probably had a similar one because I was in the ground. And if you've ever been in Goodison Park, the views are Awful. rather. <laughs> yes, that's the word. Yeah. Awful. Um, 
when the first goal went in, I was in the lower tier. I was like looking through a letterbox for most of the game. I didn't really care by that point. But um, it's, it's all about the top tier view. in that ground. Yeah. It's all about the yeah, top tier. If you're not in a top tier, you give up. If you're in a top tier, you're worried about getting burnt to death because the floors are wooded. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone yeah. drops a fag, you're in bother. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I, it's a strange one because they. The one thing I'd say, uh, you know, I've not I've not been to Goodison Park, but their, their fans are amongst. Are always, I always think this. They are amongst the most boisterous that ever come to Stamford yeah. Bridge. You know, they always and, and a few years ago, certainly in, in uh, the, the the early days of Dave Moyes, um, that you know they they used to spend more time slagging their team off than us. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, they were that boisterous, and you just think, cross, it's a cauldron of hate over there, and it's against their own players. But um, you know, I, as I said, it was just a bit. It was a pleasant surprise because I thought that was the game I was worried about, and I think most people probably were. Um, I, I I go into this Friday night with. Um, quite a view that as much as people like to think West Brom has been a bit of a graveyard for Chelsea managers in the past um, um, I, I think West Brom are on the beach I think um, that there'll be a, a hugely inflated Chelsea presence there because lots of people will be in the home end um, from what I'm reading um, and I just think that, that that team that played on Monday night Yes, and, and as much, you, you can only beat what's in front of you, okay? Middlesbrough were caught between a rock and a hard place. Do they try and defend and sit back and catch us on the break? Well, you've got to be bloody good to stop us. Only Palace have really managed to, to, to soak a, 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 and absorb and use a bit of luck in that sense. Um, uh, or do you try and come at us and win a game that you've got to win to keep your slim chances of staying in the Premiership alive? And at times we were playing with such swagger, such confidence. And I watched the game again last night whilst uh, whilst listening to the fan cast, ironically. Um, and, and and it was, you know, it was as good as I remember. It was as good as I remember. I, I, I was I, a bag I, of nerves, and after five minutes, I was thinking, "What nerve are you worried about?" I just, I just, uh, I just seen uh, Don Fifield's uh, a line from Don Fifield's report from that match. And he said the pace and the bite of their forays uh, forward took the breath away at times. Um, I think our, our counter-attacking this season has been quite unbelievable. Um, some, some of the some of the some of the goals that we've scored, particularly against West Ham, uh, Hazard's goal against um, Arsenal. The I think the, was it the third goal that we scored against Everton at home. Yeah, one, one touch football from pace is yeah. absolutely it's unreal. Yeah. Um, but Clayton, you reminded me of um, the story about the uh, about the Pedro goal. It reminds me of a, a trip that I had to uh, Anfield for one of the Champions League semi-finals about ten years ago, and um, we were we were in the front row of the Anfield Road end. And it's about Liverpool one up, and it's sort of I think about three or four minutes to go, and I was uh, sat next to my mate James. Uh, long-suffering mate James, who always has to sit next to me at uh, away games, and he, um, I was moaning to him. I was saying that every time we come here, there's always trouble. These Champions League semi-finals, moaning about how far, you know, we'd have to go and then meet Liverpool, and then everything is destroyed. A minute later, uh, John Arnorisa puts the ball in his own net. I looked around for James after all the celebration. He had somehow uh, flown into the Anfield, the <laughs> Liverpool side of the Anfield Road end, and the steward was helping him over the net back into the Chelsea end. Uh, we've, all, we've all done it, mate. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Uh, we, uh, we... I think another thing about us as well is that uh, Pedro 
He might not do much, but he, he has got to be one of the best finishers I have ever seen. He's His finishing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the best unreal. finisher at the club. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Sorry, go on, Clay. Could, I, I, I'm, you, I, I, my only comment on Pedro is last season, uh, at the end of that last game of last season, I thought he was the second worst player I'd ever seen oh, he's in awful. a Chelsea shirt behind Quadrado. Uh, and he has shoved those words back down my throat. Uh, time after time this season, and I, I love watching him. I think he's the Pedro that I remember at Barcelona, and I think and it you took see him that time to adjust, but he has adjusted superbly to the Premiership. You see the finishing that goal that he scored against Everton—that's his other foot to the same one that he scored against Tottenham. So he knows exactly what he's doing. He gets his space, and he apps. It's, it's almost like a laser-guided missile. He picks that top that top corner out, you know, perfectly every single time. Brilliant finisher. Oh, sorry. Yes, agreed. I was on mute. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got my little clicky button here, and I was I was uh, slightly distracted by one of my cats trying to walk across the poxy keyboard. Um, but yeah, so uh, before we move on, and, and we will, we're just we're moving to the next part, which is um, talking about the team from the coach to the subs to everybody that's contributed it or whatever. Um, uh, over the season, okay. Uh, and I, I just want you to just a minute each or so, okay, over the season. Um, at what point, and be be honest here, okay, at what point did you really think the title was on? Because I would be amazed if any of you actually predicted us to win the title pre-season. So I'll start with you, Clayton, as I'm being um, a bit leery. <laughs> I don't know how that, I don't know how those two things fit together. Um, I don't know. I, I suspect that um, I'm still waiting to to sort of feel that we're we're going to do it. I don't know. I've, I've just there wasn't there were there were two points. It was basically a as I said when we beat Stoke away, I began to think that there was a possibility um, that it could happen. Um, Against Everton, I thought there was a real chance. But I, I honestly say, uh, because it's just the way that football supporters' minds work, there is no, um, there's no logic. Because if you, you look, I mean, do you remember a couple, when we won it a couple of years ago? We, we were in, well, we were there from start to finish. Yeah. Sort of as, as the season was dragging to an end and we were dragging our carcass over the line. We were basically thinking, oh, are we going to do it? We were the only we were the only set of supporters in the country that actually didn't think we were going to do it. Everybody else thought we were going to win it. Um, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? That, the way we think. And, yeah. and it wasn't until, as I say, that, that Spurs lost on Friday night. Because uh, unlike you, when I went into the ground on on Monday, I was the most relaxed I've been for months. Um, because I just thought it's done. I didn't. I didn't think that. I mean, I didn't think Middlesbrough were gonna gonna harm us at all, and they were awful, absolutely awful. But no, I mean, none of us predicted it. Um, I would have been unbelievably happy with a, a return to the Champions League. I mean, yeah. I thought at the beginning of the season, I thought either one of the Manchester clubs was going to win it. I couldn't, I couldn't see past them. I thought that Jose was going to win it because he got the experience, or Pep was going to win it because of of his squad. Um, both of them have underperformed but you know Jose being Jose is going to underperform and end up with with three trophies um 
I just, you know, uh, it's been sensational. But so yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect anything to 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 be as good as it has been. But it's not, it's not so much. I mean, obviously, it's the fact we're going to hopefully win the title. But it's it's how we've done it, and how the players have responded, and how so many players, their their actual performance level has gone up by at least 10-15% I mean we know last year was crap but but the way he's developed players the way he's identified players and the way he's slotted them in just been sensational indeed I agree um, Kweku your, your your answer to at what point did you think it was actually going to happen uh, you probably won't believe this but um, I'm going to say it anyway the three game period where we beat uh, Leicester, Manchester United, and then we went on to, I can't remember whether it was the game after Man United, when we went on to play City. City away was certainly the game that I thought we got a real real shout. Because City at that time were having, I think they'd just come off the back of that period where they'd just been smashing everybody. And I think Spurs Spurs, uh, undid them a bit. Uh, but we were still going there. We were going there with a system that had, I think it was a little bit later on. We were going there with a system that had, had shown good signs of working. We'd won a few few games on the spin, but there was still a question mark as to whether the 4-0 win over Man United was a fluke. And certainly United were, were pretty poor that day. Um, and then also we went behind as well. And then we came back calmly. And this has been the, I think I said this on the very, very first podcast that we had this season, the character, the character. We came back um, to equalise and then to go on and win the game after a really ropey period. And that has been the story for the whole season. We are incredibly tough. We're an incredibly tough side. And we've shown that uh, in that period before Christmas going on that, that run of games. So for me... It was the City game away from home and then the sort of the actual what convinced me 100% was obviously when we beat Spurs in the FA Cup semi-final but certainly City away I think was the game for me where I thought if we can do these then uh, we have very little excuse not to go on and do something. Martin? Um, well City away for me was a probable as long as we may have a chance here I'm just going to enjoy it and see what happens or try and enjoy it <laughs> and then after that when um, Stoke away, the comeback were a particularly poxy place to go. Um, if that was a little, it's you know, it's a bit more than probable. It's possible. And then when Theresa May called a snap election, you know, going by the last yeah, three yeah. general election years, I knew it's in the bag. <laughs> oh, I never, re- I'd, I hadn't bloody come across. Do you know that never occurred to me? In one decent, the one decent, yeah, 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 the one decent thing she's done. Yeah, well, amazing. That's, that's, that, one, that's one blue team I don't want to win, but you yeah. know, Tony knows about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I never really occurred to me. I think for me, um, I, I started. I guess if I was honest, I mean, the Man City away uh, victory was for me because uh, you know I was, and I think we were all there at Stamford Bridge last season when they tonked us three nil, and and we were three nil flattered us. And I remember yeah. being in the pub afterwards in the um, Tommy Tucker with Chidge and Walter Otten and a few others, quite a few others, um, basically being eyeballed by the uh, the doorman there. You know, should we dare to break into song and upset all the um, Tarquins and Arabellas that were sitting around eating in their bistro pub? Um, 
uh, and I just remember thinking, blimey, we, you know, and, and I think also because actually, if you go if cast your mind back to the beginning of the season, the the, the media in general, the press, the printed press, and and the the, the pundits on TV, pretty much had the season. Um, written down to being Manchester City. They won their first 10 games on the spin, didn't they? Under Guardiola. I listened to some of the biggest arse gravy I've ever heard coming home from Middlesbrough, uh, the Middlesbrough game the other night. On, on, and I think it was mentioned on a fan cast, but it was, uh, I, I tuned into TalkSport. Um, that was your fault. Yeah, it was my fault, because I normally <laughs> have five live on, but it was, it was all about... Um, uh, 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 Freddie Flintoff's depression. I was, it was getting a bit depressing listening to it. Um, and uh, they had um, Andy Goldstein and Tony Cascarino on there. And Andy Goldstein was doing it deliberately. He's a Man United fan, and he was saying this Chelsea side is the worst side ever to win the Premiership. Okay, uh, this is the worst Premiership, and they've basically just done what Leicester have done, and just just taken advantage of the fact that everyone else is rubbish, um, but they are a, the poorest team ever to win the Premiership. And he then went on um, to mix his arguments and started referring back to, uh, you know, Leeds winning the, the old First Division title and, you know, the fact that Chelsea had only ever won five uh, top flight titles or whatever, but then was talking about the Premiership. And I wanted to ring up and say, I can destroy you on a point of logic straight away, you tit. But there were plenty of Man United sides that won the Premiership that I think were worse than us because everyone else basically kept tripping each other up. Um, Are we about to equal a record? Uh, because we, we're about to equal the, the, the most wins, I think, isn't it? The season yeah. isn't the most wins, I think, not the most Something points. Else. Yeah, I think we, we, yeah. we hold the record at 95, I think, but we can only get That's 93 it. maximum. Um, but I, 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 for me, I think the, 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 the game that really did it was, was the Everton away game. At that point, because I, all I kept thinking, and I, I'm, I'm probably, um, I don't know how old Clayton is, but I think he'll remember, um, a very famous horse called Devon Locke, and I, I, I never like to keep bringing it up, but it's such an iconic moment, you know, with sort of six lengths to go, the bloody thing collapsed and let the bloke from second place come in and win it, and ended up nowhere. Um, so, you know, in a typical football fan kind of way, I'm the one that's sitting there going, don't arse this up, you know, when we get those three points, however we get them, I'll, I'll celebrate, I will massively but, but celebrate. But can I, can I just ask? Of course. Do you know... Any football fan, I mean genuine, genuine football fan, who basically thinks that if their team's on top of the table at any stage in the season, that they're going to win or or basically go into any season and say, we're going to win, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I, th- I, th- I think we, no, I think back in Mourinho's second season, I think it would have been a shock if none of us had not predicted that we were going to win the title. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, we were dis- that good. I, d- I don't disagree, but I'm sure, and I can't remember specifically, there was something in me thinking, Ooh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we were pretty invincible that year, but you know, it's called being I just, a Chelsea supporter. I, exactly. <laughs> but, but, but that's it. I just, you know, you read the Nick Hornby book or you read just generally oh, yeah. pe- people yeah. that I consider yeah. to be ingrained into football. I'm not talking about the, the sort of Twitter loonies, you know, yeah. stuck in their bedrooms. Yeah. And all this, that, the other, who think their team's great. Everybody thinks their team's great to a certain extent. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm from a different generation when we were absolute pony. Um, and there are so many years of not doing it. And, and what we've achieved in the last 15 years is beyond my wildest dreams. Maybe it's something to do with that. But I, I don't, you know, I, 
I don't know many football fans who are that complacent. I mean, I've got good mates who are Arsenal fans, good good mates who are Tottenham fans, and they're they're basically they're like, oh no, we, you know, we knew I mean, we'd never we knew we'd never catch it. I mean, I'm 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 from the uh, I'm from the early to mid '90s Chelsea generation, um, and I live in perpetual fear of two goal leads. Perpetual fear of two goal leads. No matter how good our side is, but I think probably the only respite I've had from it was the 2004 to 2006 season. Uh, but the, the the Steve Guppy equalisers, the oh, Carnu, uh, I, I live it. I, I, I'm I'm an absolute terror of that of that scoreline. Um, so I, I, I think it's just uh, I think it's just a Chelsea supporter Chelsea supporter thing. But um, yeah. I think yeah. you've got that Leicester player's name wrong. As f- ever since it happened, I've always referred to him as Steve Fucking Guppy. <laughs> <laughs> but you 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 remember that period where uh, yeah. any striker above six foot three was an absolute nightmare for us. Yeah, we sort know. of struggled against Wimbledon for that very oh. reason. <laughs> do you, do you remember Oxford uh, Oxford away in the cup? Uh, Kevin Francis. Yeah, two one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know we scraped that. I think it was a one-one draw, and then we took them back to Stamford Bridge. No, we, oh, that was one of the games. But I do actually yeah. remember getting knocked out of the cup at Oxford. I think, and the, the irony was Peter Rhodes Brown, who is up there with one of the worst players I've ever seen play for <laughs> Chelsea. He obviously scored the first goal. It's you know the the, the law of the X. But yeah, no, it, yeah, Guppy was. Really? Oh. God, yeah, recently, was, uh, yeah, and you know the you know the weird thing about that. This is the thing about people always talking about um, the lack of the history and everything like that. Uh, United won the treble that season, and I think we we finished four points behind. And if we there are about three games to go, if we'd won that game, I think we'd have gone top. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was uh, we were we were pretty good even then, but we have this uh, we have this streak in us. That we just had some kind of madness always waiting around the corner, which probably lesser so than the generation that you you supported Chelsea, started supporting Chelsea in, but it it, it, it carried on to a lesser degree into the into the nineties. Yeah. But that 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 just goes back that whole thing, that game where we played Leicester, and as you say, we would have gone top. We were only about three points behind Man United at the time, and yeah. and we were on their coattails. But that is basically. Where sides like we were at the time and sides like Tottenham, you're not, you've got no winners in your side. You've got nobody who's done it before. That is so important. That's part of the reason why we kept going is because most of this side played and won the league two years ago. They know yeah. how to get over the line. Spurs have not got anybody like that. You look at yeah. all those teams. Okay, Man City won it, what, three, four years ago? But... We we've got the mentality. We know how to do it, and that's that was the genius of Mourinho. And this is the this is the thing as well with with sides like that. We um, I'm always really fond of that season because that was the first. We were actually top at Christmas, um, and then uh, Southampton decided I think they were going to nail uh, uh, Poyet, um, and I think Flo went as well um, with a, with an ankle injury. But that was a side that had won FA Cups, Cup Winners' Cups, and League Cups. Spurs haven't won anything. When was the last time Spurs won a, tro- won a trophy? Wasn't well, it? We don't. Um, we don't actually want to remember the last time they won a trophy. Yeah, but it, I think it's what uh, 2008. 2008. Yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah. yeah, I'd, I'd kind of erase that from your memory. Yeah, exactly. So, so thanks, I mean, thanks, it's, thanks, Abraham. It's, I mean, I'm, yeah. Uh, um, 
the mentality is. Uh, I mean, I, I know sides like Leicester can come from nowhere and win the, win the league, but I think I think that is just about what pushed us over the line. I'm not saying that Spurs might not come back next season and, and and win it straight from the off because you have to win something first time. But I think the mentality that we certainly in the uh, the early Mourinho period um, has, has lasted is for, for for a really really long time. And players come in and they buy into it. You know, they buy into what it is to be a Chelsea player, what it is to what it is to have that attitude. And that's why I think even when Terry leaves, I think it's not gonna hurt us as much as it may have done before because the the, the, the new ones, the the Cantes, Hazards, uh, Louise, Cahill, they, they also know what it is to win big trophies and what it is to, to struggle to win big trophies as well when it's difficult. Indeed. Sorry, go, go far, far away, Martin. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sitting right. back listening and enjoying this. This is great. Very, very quickly. So the the mentality that's been talked about has won us two European trophies in the interim, mm. uh, one with an interim, funnily enough, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> with similar. You know, we had Mourinho moaning about fixture congestion for his team this season. We had exactly the same number of games. We just got on with it. Yeah. And in the Europa League winning season, we won that trophy and finished third. So yeah. this bleating from Manchester about fixture congestion has, has um doesn't doesn't get anywhere with me for that no, very reason. No, Do you I... think this is the first time Mourinho is not he's not been at a side where he has people with uh, the mentality of people like uh, Zanetti, Terry, Lampard, and he's really struggling. They're no apart from Zlatan. Yeah, I was nobody, about to say Zlatan. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's, there's, there's there's nobody who he can go to and say, right, you're going to give me a big performance today. And I'm going to count on you to give me a big performance there. And I think he's uh, I, I, he's really I, struggling. Yeah, do you know what I think? I, I think uh, and I, I'm going to move it on a second, but I do think in Jose's case, uh, I, I I do think we've possibly seen peak Mourinho, and we had peak Mourinho. I think whatever happened to him at Real Madrid has changed his his, his, his almost entire persona. He, he's so morose. He, he's yeah. so. Uh, yeah, yeah, so serious. And I thought maybe it was a Portuguese trait, but I, I work with some Portuguese people who are nothing like that. I, I, I want a bit of me thinks he's playing to the the cameras with this uh, mean, moody kind of thing. But he, his entire sense of fun seems to have deserted him. Um, and the and, picking and, out of people like Jones yeah, and Smalling exactly. consistently, yeah, exactly. And I think, used, I think you know, defend his players yeah. to the nth degree, uh, and uh, now he throws them under the bus. Yeah, there's a little when bit. It suits him. Interesting sort of thread running through um, through Twitter the other day about you know whether or not um, you know the, the the powers that be at United um, are basically ready to just say do you know what we, we, we you're not the man for us um, and uh, I encourage too, too much money isn't it it's too, too, too much, too money, much money yeah and you know but but the, that, it that, is that it would is scare weird. me I mean, yeah that would scare me if Ancelotti went went there because I, th- yeah. I think he's more of a United type of person. Than Jose, yeah. I really do. Now I'm going to move it on now. So let's talk about the team from the coach to the subs. No script. Um, I'm going to let you all talk about who surprised you the most, who's disappointed you the most, um, what stood out this season overall from an entire team perspective. You already touched on character, um, but something's changed markedly um, from one season to the next. And I, I don't believe it's the influx of two or three players. Um, uh, maybe we'll talk about what needs to work for next season. Um, because you know we're obviously going to have Champions League uh, football, so what do we need to improve on? Um, and you can also touch on players that should stay, some that you think 
should or will go. Um, and also, uh, more interesting, I want to set aside about 15 minutes for this, but youth or strength, experience, star quality, Hollywood players to bring in. Um, interesting challenges considering the season we've had so far and the fact that with previous seasons, uh, certainly in Jose's uh, previous title winning season, um, I think it was sort of like an open secret that the board basically said, you're not getting the money you want because you won it at such a canter you don't really need that much in the way of investment and uh, you know there's a huge training academy there so go and you know start getting them in um your thoughts people and um, let's let's kick it off with martin well um in terms of the surprises i mean if you t- if i told anyone at the start of the season we were gonna come very close to winning the league with victor moses at right wing back i think Whoa, i'd probably great call. i think i'll probably get it i think i'll be getting my um, jacket zipped up from the back <laughs> do, you know <laughs> daily feed right. of medication I, I couldn't see that at all and it, it hit home i think we played brentford in the fa cup and i looked at the team and i was like where's moses moses ain't playing <laughs> ivanovich was brought in as the for the cup game which is just staggering um Alonso, much the same. They're all a little bit sceptical of his signing, not as vehemently as some were for Sunderland. But um, we've also got the um, version 2 of David Luiz, which has been a revelation. I think a lot of that is Antonio Conte getting getting his ideas across effectively, and because the results picked up, the players bought in. And it's just been kept rolling ever since, and it's been... Bloody fun to watch, hasn't it? Mm. It has, yes. Um, yeah. A great point about Victor Moses. Um, I, I thought he was a perennial loney, um and couldn't see that. And I think for me, it just underlines this whole thing. You know, we've had this thing with you know, you get a great manager in, spends loads of money, bungs the team together, and does well. Um, and then you get a bloke like Can, uh, Conte come in. Um, with players, bring back players. Now, I loved Louise. Uh, I understand why people were iffy about him coming back. I, I never understood why they didn't like him uh, before because he never let us down and played on one leg in the Champions League final and scored, still to this day, the fiercest penalty I think I've ever seen that had Neuer. Yeah, yeah. Neuer Bob Willis run up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yes. It was yeah. a Bob Willis run up and, uh, and, and had Neuer got his hand to it. Um, then that um, that who was that kingpin film comes to mind. He'd have been walking around with a rubber <laughs> with a rubber hand, I think. Um, but uh, you know, um, th- this idea we seem to have forgotten in the Premiership as well, and it's an interesting point, I think, that managers are there to develop players, not just bring them in and polish them up. Mm. You know, put the lipstick on them in the right place or whatever. They are there. One of their things should be about bringing them players on. And I think the fact that Conti is possibly one of the most recent in the Premiership to still be a player. Still has that kind of, oh, I want to say common touch, but that kind of empathy with the players. And he seems to have taken players, you know, I worried about. We were buying Alonso, a bloke who played for Bolton and Sunderland. Uh, and he's been outstanding this season. Managers you manage. Yes, indeed, that. yeah. Um, I'm going to ask Clayton for his view on this one, um, you know, because uh, it's, it's interesting. The, the Moses call, um, I'd, I'd, I'd almost completely forgotten about him until you mentioned him, Martin, because he's been that good, but such a part of the furniture. And I think, isn't it, um, you know, my, my mate, smart buddy, sweary poppings, Alex Churchill, brought up the, uh, the fact that I think that the, our win ratio with him is far better than it is without him. Clayton. 
Yeah, no, um, apparently somebody sent me a tweet a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember who it was, that uh, they bought some book by a bloke called Clayton Beerman, who actually had, <laughs> uh, had, a, had, a, had a statement in there that said, you're never going to win anything with Victor Moses in this side. So there we go, that's the second point of proof as to why I shouldn't be anywhere, let, let near anywhere uh, to, to vote any opinion. Um, phenomenal. I think they call it inadvertent misle- inadvertently misled. Yeah, actually, I should politics. be a, poli- a politician yeah. then, shouldn't yeah. I? Um, I just, ugh, listen, I, there are so many highlights from this season. Um, in terms of uh, sort of players who have impressed me, obviously, all of the defence. You look at the um, the five across the back, and they've all been fantastic. Um, personally, the the best for me is the, is um, Cesar Azpilicueta because he makes it work. Um, I think if you look at the defeats that we had, they were own, well. They, they were because players were out of that back five and he had to cover. And so he wasn't doing what he's been doing, which has been basically patrolling. And, and he's been unbelievable and he's been getting forward. Uh, fantastic pass for the goal that he scored, uh, that we scored on, um, on Monday night. Um, there's been very few disappointments, but I mean, if I if I have to say this, and and I, I I sort of I say it with a heavy heart, I've been disappointed in Costa. He started off the season in 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 that that sulk, then unbelievably Conte turned him round, and up till Christmas he was absolutely fantastic. He then got on a complete strop, and he's just been off the pace again. And I don't, you know, I think. Yeah, he scored twenty goals, and uh, it feel, it, I feel guilty bad mouthing him. But but surely we just don't need that anymore, you know. Surely we just want people um, who actually want to be there and want to play. I don't I don't want the attitude. I'm not naive enough to think like years ago people live around the corner and play for the club. Everybody loved it. I know that nobody that plays for Chelsea loves Chelsea. You know, it's their job and they get on with it. But I'd rather they got on with it with a bit of a smile on their face, like. Most of this team are playing with a smile on their face. You know, Costa's, he just, he just doesn't give the impression he wants to be there. So he's been a slight disappointment, but that's only, you know, that's, a, that, I'm scrambling around. But the, the biggest highlight for me has been our manager. What a man. Mm. What a man. Yeah. I mean, what he did after the game on Monday night just summed oh, up. Oh, that was, that was amazing, wasn't it? And, um, I watched it, like I said, I watched it last night on the, you know, on, on the, version of your Sky um, back on the yeah. TiVo box uh, and, and you know typically Sky they cut off at that point there was no mention of that afterwards you'd, you'd, you'd think they would say look at this look at you know just look at what this bloke's done he's gone over he's wished every Borough player well gone out of his way to find the Borough players to say look you know wish you well for next season Eve, I went onto a Middlesbrough fans forum last night and even they were sitting there saying do you know what this bloke's making it so hard to hate Chelsea because what he did, what he did was just so respectful. Let's not go down, uh, you know, I'm always dubious about this concept of class. It drives me nutty, to be honest with you. You know, class shouldn't have anything to do with football, but respect. Uh, and what he did was massively respectful to, to Middlesbrough. I think he would have done it with any team, you know. He has not got himself involved in any of the stupid mind Nothing. games. Apart from a little flare-up with Jose, and let's face it, uh, you know, Jose 
uh, it was probably winding him up like Sid Celery's winding me up right now. Um, yeah. uh, and you snap eventually. I've just told Sid to sod off. I'm just sick of it now because he's boring the shit out of me about his, oh, you know, what's he, I can't remember what he's just tweeted at me, but yeah. I said the Hazard hasn't moaned, he's played all day, and he's come back and gone, not moaned, the system is partly designed to benefit him most of all, that makes it worse, not better. There's no excuses for him. Sid, if you're listening to this, you're talking shit, mate. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's my Conte Mourinho moment, bloody hell. Um, sorry, carry on, chaps. No, no, so it's just basically, I mean, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a lovely season, and, yeah. uh, and hopefully, I mean, if, if we win a double, I mean, that'll just be bonkers. Um, but yeah, as far as youth is concerned, I mean, one of the things about winning it on Friday night, because half of me wants to actually win the title by drawing our next three games nil-nil. Um, but <laughs> Friday, if we can win it Friday night, it means that Mr. Terry can captain the side against Sunderland. Uh, it means that hopefully some of the kids can come in. I know it's a bit lip service, but... Um, we mm. do have some some cracking kids, and the, yeah. and the one I'm I'm sort of looking forward to coming back is Lewis Baker because I just hear so many good things about him. Um, is he the young lad that Joe Tweeds went over to see? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, so there's a lot of them. I mean, Triori is tearing it up for Ajax. Will will he be given a chance? Will Tammy Abraham's come back, or will he go straight out on loan? I don't know. It, it was absolutely fascinating. I don't know if anybody saw the. Somebody tweeted a clip of all Tammy Abraham's goals. He scored 23 or 25 goals. 25, I think it was. He he scored two penalties, and I think he scored maybe three goals in the area. Every single other goal was in the six-yard tap-ins, being there. And you you don't train that. You know that. As a, you know that that's instinctive. Whether it'll be good enough, I don't know. But it'd be lovely if if, if anybody breaks through next year. Just one, just one. Not maybe Andrews Christensen coming back, perhaps. I think yeah, I think he will. I mean, I yeah. think he will, and I think he'll probably go straight into the first team. I mean, my fear is that that the lovely, lovely Gary Cahill is the, is the most vulnerable one out of all of our yeah, I think of, so as well of, of our back five. And I think Christensen, if he if he is as good as people say he is. Um, I think he, he'll probably take over from him. Mm, and there's some guy called Nathan Ake as well. Yes. Well, about. Exactly. he's there. He, he can fit in anywhere, left back, anywhere across the back five, I think. Ah. And Michael Hector in a German cup final, <laughs> believe it or not. Which... <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 still, I'm still waiting for Pierre Issa. No, none of you can remember him because he never actually played for us. But he was a Chelsea player. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> and Matt Miazga's played as, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I've got this feeling. I just think with, um, with, with, with what I've seen, you know, uh, and I, I can never remember his name. So I, for, for me, he would always be called Hans Christian Andersen, right? Because I just, I can never remember his name now. Right? Like, this, there's too many Anders and things and that about him. But. Um, I think he, he, he will come back. Whether we'll replace Cahill, I think possibly eventually, you know, but Gary Cahill has, has been an outstanding captain and I think he's shoved a lot of critics' words down their throats, as has David Louise. Um, uh, as Peliquita had no words said against him to shove back down people's throats, but, and it's, it's nice to see. And, and Conte obviously has a lot of time for Cahill because, um, if he, if he really didn't, then I think he could have put John Terry in there. 
uh, playing in the same position as Cahill and, uh, and, you know, it would have been seen as a kind of respectful thing to do, etc. But Cahill's kept JT out of the side, I think, more so than Louise, um, because of the way he's teamed up. When he was vulnerable, um, after, and I can't remember which game it was, but he sort of slipped up and someone scored a goal and it was like, you know, everyone was... Swansea away? I think it might have been, yeah, everyone was on his back. Um, he was fouled, but you know the fact was that was uh, you know let's not let the facts ruin a good story because um, I mean the, the, the thing with him is that he he does uh, he he makes the odd mistake, but because it, it's it's highlighted because our, our defense is usually so good. So when there's that one slip, it looks yeah, so egregious. You yeah. could, uh, that it looks as if he makes it all the time, but it's it, generally it's yeah. generally the the sort of you know the yeah. the, 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 the short any, straw. You know, any defender, and I, I take you know I take Clayton's point about Costa. I mean, I watched him the other night. He scored a goal, but the rest of the time he was hapless. The amount of times he who the hell told him he could dribble? I have no idea. Uh, just you know, <laughs> running into players with the ball and giving it away, and then sort of shrugging his shoulders and and sauntering back up the pitch. Um, you know, to me. We've got three more games of him. I hope he can hold his head together for those three games just to see us over the line. Um, but I think there are better strikers out there. Uh, and and I, th- I think, you know, everything, you know, I'm no expert in body language. Everything I see about him tells me he does not want to be with us. Okay. Um, I think, and, and I think that, this is the, this is the, this is the issue, uh, with this season. This season has been the triumph of the players who, Apart from Hazard and and, and and Kante, this is a triumph of the players who people don't usually pay attention to or don't think are that good. You look back to front because uh, Clayton didn't mention him. I think I have to uh, I have to do your your job as shop steward of the goalkeepers union, Clayton. Um, I said that I said the whole of the back five. I didn't mention him by name, but I did meet, I did include him. But you go ahead. You're quite right. Uh, Courtois. I mean, I. I, I, I I tend to disagree with Clayton a little bit on him. I think he's a good keeper, but I don't think he's as good as Sheck was in his in his pomp. Although, you know, and although he shares the same kind of kicking problems that that Sheck used to have even when he was uh, his pomp. But some of the saves, I, I think people would do do him a big disservice if they forgot the save he made at Sunderland, which yeah. was, was absolutely brilliant. And that was at a time when we. We were wobbling just a bit and could have probably let Spurs and at that time Arsenal and City back into it. Brilliant save. Lots of uh, critical saves at critical times, which um, tend to go overlooked because of the missed kicks against City and that kind of thing. But he he has been very, very fine and erased a lot of the memories of last season, which, you know, uh, made everybody, everybody question. Um, David Luiz. Uh, I mean, Tony knows about this. I think I write at least uh, a dozen love pieces to this guy every single sure. month. Um, I, I just don't understand what people's deal is with this guy. He has funny hair. Let's all laugh about it and then get it out, get it out of the way. Because in his first spell, he was part of regularly part of defences that were the best in the league. Um, or part of very tight defensive units. In his first season, he was uh, part of the Chelsea defence that was the best in the league. Uh, when we won the Champions League, everybody was saying how defensive we were. Well, how could we have done that with David Luiz at the back if David Luiz was a terrible defender? Um, yeah. And he was... It, just, it doesn't make any sense. No. It's just the... And even, even Mourinho, who you're saying, well, you know, Mourinho won't have him. The season, Mourinho's first season back 
we came back. We we went all the way to the Champions League semi-finals with him playing in midfield, and he was absolutely critical. I think it was a game against uh, Paris Saint-Germain where uh, Denver Bar scored the late late uh, winner. David Luiz was absolutely superb in that game, and I think Mourinho said he'd left every single, he covered every single blade of grass. He uh, he gets this reputation. Again, like Cahill, possibly because he makes the odd rick from time to time. But so much of what he does. And remember that this season, too, he's played after the season injured. You've seen the strapping around his leg. He's been carrying that strapping since... Uh, since, since Aguero since tried to... Since dig- Aguero yeah. Yeah. saw him and off. Yeah. You know, he's still doing it. He's still doing it. Game in, game uh, game out. And I think this guy, he, the, the, the just... Uh, you know, we're not going to ever get a replacement for, for Terry because Terry is a one-off. But I think in his own way, as a, as a secondary leader to Cahill, even though I think, I personally think he's, he's as, well, he's as important to the side in terms of his leadership as Cahill, or if not more so. Um, but as a defender, as a character in the team, I think he deserves every praise and he's one of the reasons why we, why we win this league. Then you've got uh, Moses, people like Moses, Aspilicueta, who has just been... I mean, why is Aspilicueta... Uh, in that team of the year, why isn't he? I because mean, can you been, think because they well, sorry to interrupt. I think he's been done by his own versatility. They put, I think it's a four-four-two in that team of the year, and they put Luis and Kao in, and then decided they had to put Kyle Walker. I think he was at right back. Yeah. I mean, if they'd have gone three at the back on that team of the year, then yes, he's in. Well, he was, I'm, I'm going to quote the, the the words of our of our dear uh, our dearly departed Portuguese manager who said that a team of eleven Nasbilicuetas would still win the league, was win the Champions League, right? So we can put him in goal a goalkeeper if we need to. He needs a bit to be short for that, <laughs> <laughs> But but I think him Moses. Uh, Pedro, another one we're all saying that you know last season we couldn't bear the sight of him. Again, look at look at the transformation. This is what Tony was talking about earlier about management. These players, Luis, uh, Aspilicueta, well not so much Aspilicueta, but Moses, Pedro, um, even William. Yeah. I was looking at his stats uh, just recently. He scored almost one one goal for every game. He's uh, sorry, one goal for every two games he's played. Yeah, everybody coming into the side is doing their job. Uh, Chalaber, even when he's come in, he's looked solid against uh, City he, and, he, and so on. He certainly looked brighter than um, Loftus Cheek for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move it on. Um, Sorry, I was having my been rant. A, it's, been, it's been massive, and, and I'd like to thank you all because it's been absolutely fascinating. And I'm, I'm actually sitting here. The only thing I haven't got is a glass of Rioja and a cigar going because this is great. This tonight, it's been so, so good to sit back and listen and just intervene whenever I feel I'm getting a bit lonely. Um, Save it for the last got, game of the season. You've got about ten minutes. Uh, uh, if you want to say a few words about John George Terry, um, I'll start off by saying, um, you know, I. I in in the pantheon of Tony Glover greats, um, who uh, who have worn the Chelsea shirt, you know, I've I've got uh, you know half a dozen you know absolute icons, um, and John Terry is one of them. He's behind Frank Lampard in my view, um, but because of Frank's sheer contribution, agreed uh, in terms of, in terms of goals and everything like that. Um, and you know, with all the stuff that you know, the baggage that John Terry has had with him, whilst I have no doubt ninety percent of it is bullshit, um, I do tend to take a view that there's no smoke without fire. Um, and I have had one or two inside stories told to me about things you know that were um, weren't, weren't wouldn't hold him up in the best possible light. 
But, on the other hand, and I've lived through, God knows, you know, my first Chelsea captain was Ron Harris, uh, who I loved to bits. And um, I told Chidge a great story the other day, which I will share with you if you're in the pub um, on the Sunderland game, uh, about some after-dinner speaking that he did down my way once, which just had the place in his... I, I was nearly, you know, I was nearly asking for a bloody nebulizer. I was laughing so hard. Um, uh, uh, what he was saying uh, well actually it wasn't him it was Jimmy Greaves but um, John Terry is the epitome of everything that is Chelsea uh, and I think it's the right time to go I, I rather hope he, he doesn't go to China or to MLS I, I'd like to see him do what other players have done um, and, and, and play uh, another team just for a season or two Bournemouth or, or someone like I know Sparky's got his eyes on him at Stoke and, and what have you I think that would be Fun. Um, it would allow him to come back um, as a really, you know, because no other side would have a captain or a player like him, uh, and allow us to really give him a different sort of send off uh, in a different way. But you can't argue with that trophy haul, and you can't argue with him at his peak. I think, in all honesty, over the last couple of seasons, his powers have waned. He was obviously last season pretty helpless as to whatever was going in on the dressing room, whatever was going wrong. Um, but I think you know when it, when you stand out in my all-time top, you know, six seven players, he will be in there. He will definitely be in there um, because I don't think I'll ever see the likes of 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 such a, a player again. He's the last good England captain we had. Um, he puts me in mind of um, you know, no England captains have covered themselves in glory since Bobby Moore, obviously. But I would I'd put him in the same bracket. In terms of blood, guts, thunder, I would run through a brick wall for my country as Tony Adams, as Terry Butcher, those sort of players, yeah, those sort of, uh, uh, Brian Robson, those sort of captains that you just, you knew at, when they were at the centre of your, of your team um, that effort would not be something that was in shortfall. That's my view. Over to you guys. Um, can I tell a little story about him? Uh, sort of first, first time I, I realised that we had a really, really special player here. Uh, it's back in. Um, he made his debut in, in 1998 um, against Villa, but against Sunderland. I don't know if you remember um, when Sunderland used to have Quinn and Phillips, and they used to cause us all sorts of problems. Um, four nil down after 25 minutes at the that's stadium. The one. Right. Yep. That's the one. And um, I come back, I, I just played a game of football at school and um, the weather was absolutely appalling. And I remember just trying to sit by the heater to try and warm up and I was listening to the game on the radio. And uh, this was back in the day when uh, Jonathan Pierce used to do the commentary for Capital Gold, which is the only place you could listen to Chelsea away games. And um, we were awful that day. Um, Quinn and Phillips just ripped us a new one. And... Uh, second half Fiali brought on John Terry and Jonathan Pierce just said then and I remember it so clearly he said that this guy um, already you can see the, the, the confidence that he's spread he was only about 20 the confidence that he's put into the, into the Chelsea team these big players like uh, Leboeuf and Desai World Cup winners and he, he looked shoulder to shoulder with them if not bigger than them and 14 trophies later, um, all the experiences that have come, all the individual awards. Um, I think he's the only 
the first player I think I can ever remember where you knew that if there was an impossible situation, pretty much you could still count on him to come away with the ball. Um, he, and also somebody who, who didn't, who nobody actually knows which foot he used because he was so good with both feet. So, so, so technically excellent. He'll never, he'll always be seen as the kind of, you know, big, you know, big, strong English defender, but technically an absolutely superb defender. Um, and then, of course, massively Chelsea. I mean, you know, we all know the stories of things that he's done for fans and all the rest of that. I know all the rubbish that he that has been associated with him off the pitch, um, but that's off the pitch. You know, that's the only thing you know that we can sort of focus on. I guess in this case is is what he did on the pitch because that's the only thing we really know about properly. Um, and he's been superb, and um, and I think he he deserves the best possible send off. Um, because quite frankly apart from Frank Lampard who in his own way has been freakishly brilliant I, I, I mean I wasn't, allowed, I wasn't alive with Osgood and Greaves and, and people like that but he's the best Chelsea player I, I've seen apart from Lampard yeah. over to you Clayton or Martin whichever one of you wants to jump in first um, I'll say I wrote a, a year ago about him when he, he leaving the end of last season we'll never see his life in the Chelsea shirt he's the last link from the, the late 90s which is the team I yeah. kind of grew up with and you know, as I think I said mentioned something, he'd, know, he'd know the way from Cobham to Harlington he wouldn't need a sat nav or anything he'd know where to go it's, and and the other thing he wouldn't want to go to Harlington now I don't no, of course, well, you know it's a well fertilised pitch because apparently QPR have been there taken over and all the shit they put <laughs> um, <laughs> nice little dig there. Um, yeah, lovely. But my main memory was actually when you know when I was that age when I used to give a damn about England in international tournaments, and I can't remember whether it was 2004, or 2006. But I was in a pub with a load of Tottenham fans, a load of Arsenal fans, and there was I think it was one block he's put in, and he's decided to just you know he's put a header in to block it. He's no. Who's he's as he's doing it, and there's a boat flying and everything. All the all these lads around me, all Tottenham, hate Chelsea, all got up cheering, laughing, clapping the lot. That's the guy you want in your back line for your country. And then in 2012, he wasn't the England captain. Gerard was wearing the armband, but don't care what anyone says. JT was leading that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which World Cup was it? Was it a World Cup where JT did a sort of impromptu press conference? Which yeah, I was to that. That was he wound everybody up, but he came out and said, "I've not yeah. come out here to to to, to, to basically to piss about." Um, and that was showed real leadership. And, and I, I remember watching it. I think it was our cat. I think Gerard might have been or Ferdinand. I can't remember which one it was, but he was not the captain. And he came yeah. out and did that. And I thought that's the captain. Even if the manager's annoyed about it, he's come out and said, "That's we're here to win this. We're here to come out and do a job, not to not to fart around or whatever." Um, Clayton, but but wasn't wasn't it was Capello was a manager and Capello loved Terry. Yeah, he did. Because I think Capello. I mean, part of the reason why Capello went wasn't it? Because, because yeah, because he had to strip Terry. Yeah, why you yeah, going to get sacked anyway, wasn't he? Yeah. Listen, but, I, I think you know the the boys have, have summed it up. I mean. It's going to be very sad when he's not there. I, I disagree with uh, my learned friend, Mr. Glover. I don't want him to go to another club in England. Um, I've got a horrible feeling that he might turn up somewhere like Old Trafford. Um, I don't know, 
but I'd, I'd rather he, he, he sort of went elsewhere. Um, he's had a fantastic career. You think about what he's achieved with us. I can't see where the hunger would be in going to Bournemouth or going somewhere where he's not going to win anything. I, I don't know. Maybe he just wants to prove to himself that he's still got another year or so in the Premier League. I'd hate to, I'd hate to see him being left on his arse and just, you know, there's no doubt that his powers have waned. There's no doubt he's still a good defender, but it's all right, sort of being a, a sort of a good defender in a good team. But being a good defender in a crap team, there's nowhere to hide. And 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 I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see um, him sort of being remembered for 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 bad things. I mean, there's enough bad things that have littered his career, um, which are all well documented. But he's just been fantastic. And I think the thing with John Terry is that he is not only the last of a breed at Chelsea, he's the last of a breed, full stop. Yeah. There yeah. is there is yeah. no other, you know, I mean, maybe Loss. you look at somebody like, like Shawcross or Morgan or a couple of, you know, maybe there's a couple of guys at West Brom that are sort of the last vestige of footballers who you can identify with as a, you know, as a, mm. a an ex player on a, on a completely amateur level, you know, people that you there was always some really tough, strong centre back, uh, hard as nails, run through brick walls, and would be brilliant. You haven't got that anymore. You know, defenders have changed. I suppose Gary Cahill's got a little bit of that in him, but not as much I, as John Terry. I think I just, we I think we want it to be with Gary Cahill, but I, don't, I just don't think I've never seen him as that no. kind of player. I don't think he's he's, he's he not is. that sort of player because yeah. I think you know, and we're we're going to sort of say something controversial now. You know, it's like. Tony said, there is no smoke without fire. I don't know John Terry. I've never met John Terry. I've heard some fantastic things about things that he's done, but he's obviously done some other things which aren't so, you know, fantastic. And, you know, there for the grace of God. Nobody's perfect, and and that's fair enough. But uh, everything I hear about Gary Cahill is just a lovely man, you know, just a really, really sweet guy. And I don't think you can do what John Terry has done uh, by being sweet and lovely. Um, And that might be... A, a harsh thing to say but I think you need something in your personality to, to have that to do what he's done I mean my, one of my abiding memories is when he got kicked in the head in the League Cup final in Cardiff yeah. against Arsenal it was it was um, who is it was it Abu Abu Diaby Abu, Abu Diaby and what was interesting that day was Abu Diaby was actually bossing that game he really was. He was massive. He was a he was a great player, but he was always injured. He was bossing that game, and when he kicked John Terry in the head, and John Terry was like, "Stretch it off," he went to pieces, as as any you know decent human being would. But no, I mean J, JT is irreplaceable. There'll never be another man like him, and I don't you know he leaves such an amazing legacy. I just love that photo that goes around social media where he's leaning over that table. With replicas of all the trophies, he's won. You know, Fantastic. there's um, there's there's a great photo of him uh, having just cleaned uh, Zola's boots. Yeah, in the in the, see, in, yeah, the, in the corridor. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. Um, but I think the I think there's just just quickly. Um, if you look back, uh, we're talking about 2004 to sort of now being the kind of golden period of our of, of the history. If you look back. Uh, over this period, one of the things I've always said to people is any time when Chelsea, apart from last season, any time when Chelsea 
have struggled to win the league or not won the league, I will show you the period in the season where all the points have been lost and you'll see that John Terry has been injured. 2006-07, when we were going to win um, the, three, uh, the three in a row, uh, we lost Terry um, around and, and Cavalio as well uh, just before the Christmas period. Title challenge disintegrated until we were able to get them back and then we, we pushed United. 2007-08, um, same thing. It, it, it's the... Uh, and Villas Boas as well, that period that we had. It, his... His fitness has usually determined what we've won. Um, and the, the second thing is just look at the, look at the managers. Uh, Mourinho, we all know what he's done. Ancelotti, Scolari, Conte, uh, Capello, all of them, unquestioned, unqu- without any doubt whatsoever, praise this guy. These are completely different people. You know, Ancelotti and Mourinho could not be further removed from each no, other, but I they're all that, yeah. absolutely yeah. agreed as to the yeah. quality of this guy. And uh, and I think I think that that for me should tell you all you need to know. I mean, these are people who've worked with with the best, the very very best, and none of them even flinch uh, about about the quality that they. I'm going to sort of jump in here because um, cause we, we've, we've gone way over my... So it shows what a bloody good organiser I am. I'll, I'll just sit back and let you not yapper on all night. Um, in the interest of time, I'm going to, I'm going to call it that. I, I would agree. I think anybody... Um, I always... It's, a, it's, a, it's an old trope of an argument that I use that actually, um, when you've got a list of coaches and managers who think like you've just said, Kweku, um, they know much, much more about everything to do with football than any of us. Any of us. I don't care what fan it is. I've just used the same argument back to Sid Seller and said, so you've said that, you know, you think has, but, you know, Antonio Conte thinks he's quite good. And I think he probably knows a little bit more about football and everything than you. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the key to it. And, and the fact that Terry, you know, I, I think, you know, everyone hated Tony Adams when he was at Arsenal, you know, an, an England captain. I hated him. But then he was part of probably the best back four I've ever seen. Um, and it's telling that Tony Adams uh, partly mentored John Terry. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And I, I just think that he, he's that, that last... Oh, God. I'm going to move on now because uh, uh, we are running out of time. It's been fantastic tonight. It's been uh, a real pleasure to listen to um, so, some fine, well-thought-out... Uh, and all of you, educated and erudite opinions. It's been, it's been an absolute joy. I... I I feel like Michael Parkinson, who's just interviewed Billy Connolly and Muhammad Ali um, on the same show. It's it's been remarkable. Um, who's who? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there's, uh, there's a couple for the teenagers there. Um, there you go. Um, parish notices. Um, uh, um, if if you want to give us a rating on iTunes, that's where we'll be. We'll be usually released a day or two afterwards on iTunes. Um, this this one, I think you probably could call it safe for work. There's been the odd um, the odd expletive in there, but uh, by no means I think um, uh, 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 anything excessive, which is good because it obviously means we're all quite happy, um, which is unusual. And I always say this is that sometimes the feistiest, like the fan cast as well, uh, sometimes the feistiest of those programs come out when when things are, are bad and people attempt to be more opinionated. And it's like the world's greatest love songs are never written about how happy you are. They're always about having your heart ripped out, <laughs> this sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be on iTunes um, as of um, tomorrow or the day after. 
Um, you can also find it at, um, just type in podinshed.com. Uh, on Google, you'll find us there, and there's 84 episodes, and maybe, maybe, maybe one of you can find the ghost episode. If you do, um, there's no reward, so, you know, just give yourself a pat on the back. Um, I'll give a quick plug to the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. Um, it's well worth it. It's £5 to become a voting member. It's free. Um, as well, but you'll be a non-voting member. Um, if you can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, uh, then you can attend meetings, go to the events, and vote on issues that directly affect you as a fan. Um, you can also follow them on Twitter. Uh, their, their, their handle is at Chelsea S Trust. Um, and the, the guy who, who's the chair of it, um, David Chidgey or Stamper Chidge or something, you know, is a top bloke. Dan Silver's on the board as well. I think Tim Rolls is still playing an active part. Um, and uh, it, it's a well worth, well worth getting. I think, I might be wrong, but I, I think you might even be able to um, sign up for it at... Um, uh, Mark Worrell's um, uh, CFC stand, which is dead opposite Fulham Broadway. Um, and if you can't, then Mark, I will certainly point you in the right direction as to where you can join. Um, we've had a debutant on tonight, and I want to say thank you, Martin. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Um, uh, as I always suspected, um, uh, and I'm going to take credit for it and rub it in Chidgy's face, because he says he's been trying to get you on the fan cast um, for ages. I think if you remember That's when we met before... Um, yeah. Uh, not the Watford game, uh, not the Middlesbrough game, but the one before. Um, I think you'll remember that he he said what he said. You're going on a bloody pod and shed. I've asked you for ages and ages to come on the on the fan cast, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, the, the downside to that, of course, is is that um, you will be asked again to come on and listen to some of this drivel. Um, I've got a plethora of guests up, and it's quite interesting as well um, for the listener that, uh, that you know, Chidge and I have recognised a, a small issue with the fact that there seems to be almost like um, the gang that, that do the, the, the kind of panel shows on BBC where you've got, they're all in the same comedy stable, so you get Romish Ranganathan and uh, you know, various others that are all in that gang and they sort of seem to go from show to show um, and we're sort of well aware that um, you might often hear the same sort of people but we do rotate it so that there's not the same people on, Chidge does his every week I don't um, but um, I've had some very very uh, interesting and good feedback from people um before the game as to people who might be willing to come on not least of all you Martin I'd like to really say thank you very much it's been you've been fantastic contributor tonight absolutely yeah. fantastic mate um, and, and thanks and for having, for having me on and for that you you may find myself um, at the beer at the beer at the bar parting <laughs> with money in order to um, to, uh, to to feed you beer mate alright um, now to I'm planning to do another pod and shed in about a week or so uh, probably next Wednesday or Thursday after the Watford game hopefully when we're champions um, I've not decided I've not asked anyone to come on but um, so you know if uh, I, I believe you might be on the fan cast next week Clayton um, um no, uh, I'm on. I think on the twenty second. Are you um, right? Oh, I'm on that one as well. I think. Me. Well, that'd be a nice one to be on. I will have a bloody headache <laughs> that one. I tell. Um, but uh, I, I will publish it. Um, it. You've all been so so good tonight. Um, and um, you know, don't be surprised if you if you hear the same people next week, especially if we are champions. Um, but it's been. An, uh, a, an absolute pleasure and, and it is one of those things we're trying to do um, one of the guests that will be on I'm hoping 
for next time as a special appearance is uh, a guy called Tim Rolls. He's appeared on the Pod in Shed before. Um, he's he's writing a book which I think is called. I'm just trying to look. Good up luck. There. Good luck with this. <laughs> yes, it's, dynamos, um, diamonds, dynamos. And something about Doherty's demon. Isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. Um, demons, yeah. dynamos, di- yeah. Doherty's it's all, diamond. It's all about. Yeah, no, it's not. It's it's all about. Um, yeah, diamonds, dynamos, and devils. I believe yep. it's called, yeah. Um, and it's all about um, the, a, a team, uh, or about Tommy Doherty's team, which was the team that, um, f- for Tim, I think, was was um, almost like for many when um, Hullet and Hoddle took over Chelsea, the, a kind of transformation into uh, into what it is now. And, and, you know, it was just a little bit before my time, uh, Tommy Doherty's team. Um, I came in right on um, Dave Sexton's 1970 FA Cup winning side. Uh, and it, it'll be really interesting because a lot of those players that were in that 1970 side came from Tommy Doherty's original. It's also the team that gave us the kit, the kit, the, the kit colours, blue, blue, and white. Yeah, I Doherty, think it is. Yeah. yeah, I think we were we yeah. were we were blue shirts and white shorts or something before that. And yeah, a pale of blue as well. So um, really interesting to get Tim on um, uh, and talk about the crowdfunding, about the book. Um, I, I know I sat there and t- chatted to him in the pub. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and I know um, he had a, a mesmerising three to four hour interview with Tommy Doherty, uh, who's about 87 now, but as bright as a button by all accounts. So uh, that will be something to look forward to. Um, I'm not going to do uh, an AOB. Um, I think we've probably just about done. A, this has been a, a mega bonus episode tonight. Um, plans are obviously for next week. We'll do a, a post uh, post season one once everything's wrapped up after the FA Cup. Uh, again, guests to be announced, but I think we will have a particularly um, uh, a dedicated section to John Terry, um, where we can, you know, perhaps do something along the lines of greatest games and uh, greatest JT moments um, into a bit more detail than we've done tonight. Um, I'd like to say um, once again, um, thanks to all of you. Um, thank you very much, Clayton. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Yeah, no, really enjoyed it. And the one thing that you haven't done tonight is you haven't got Trigger's broom in. Oh, but you have now. Oh, <laughs> you, yes, because um, without Donal, um, we have uh, Clayton came out with a fantastic tweet. It's my tweet of the day, um, where he's compared the podding shed with Trigger's broom. If you don't know what Trigger's broom is, listeners, go onto Google, onto YouTube, type in Trigger's broom, watch the sketch. It is classic, and it sums us up perfectly. Thank you very much for that, Clayton. And, and uh, yeah, that's that's there's there's, there's there'll, there'll be one one behind the bar for you for that. Kweku, um, a joy. Thanks for coming on, mate. Um, and it's it's great that you're now doing this in 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 a silent environment and not standing underneath a, a, an Airbus A380 as it takes off on a long haul flight to Australia. Ah, uh, being rumbled. <laughs> Cheers, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Um, and once again, final word, Martin. Um, Genuine pleasure, um, uh, a cracking debut, up there with some of the best debuts I've ever seen. And certainly, let's hope that you don't end up like, um, oh, what's his name? Um, oh, God. Well, who's that little player that, that Carlo blooded for one game when we never saw him again? Josh Kakuta. No, Gal, well, let's hope you're not a Josh McGregor or a Gal Kakuta, Martin. Cheers, mate. I think I lost a lot of weight if I was. Thank you, guys. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, uh, and from me, thank you, everybody, um, and see you next time. Good night. Ta-ra. All right.